Uncommon is a production by Neural, a full-service digital agency. If you want to grow with a premium agency and have the ability to work with Jordan directly, then learn more at neural.com slash media and request a callback. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E dot com slash media. My name's Jordan Michaelides and I'm the host of Uncommon, a show that asks the why on business, media, current affairs and sport. Uncommon Corona Editions sees us catching up with prior guests to document how they're adapting during this once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. If you like the episode, do leave a written review on your podcast app as it does help us continue what we're doing. Don't forget that there's plenty of past episodes to keep you entertained at home. Show notes are below. Uh, you can also find all previous guests at neural.com slash uncommon. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E dot com slash uncommon. For the full video, just search Uncommon Show on YouTube. And for social, to keep up to date with behind the scenes, search at uncommon underscore show. With that being said, let's get into the episode. My guest this week is Jen Day, friend of the show, founder of Day Management, and as I like to say, influencer fairy godmother. Uh, Jen, how's, um, how's isolation with Pat going so far? It's funny. I, part of me loves it. <laughs> I'm kind of like an extroverted introvert. So part of me really welcomes time inside watching Netflix and reading. Um, obviously too much of a good thing can go a little stir crazy, but yeah, we've been um, working from home for like three and a half, four weeks now. So it's just about getting systems in place and some structure and routine, but otherwise adapting quite nicely. Have you had any moments like in the last couple of weeks where you've just looked at each other and just gone, I need space? Like I feel like last week, so last week I had like a nasal infection and I was so irritable because oh, wow. I, I couldn't exercise because um, I had to get better. And I was just like everything Lauren said I would snap at. And I was just like, yeah. I just need to get the fuck out of this house. Um, have you had anything like that? Oh, absolutely. And it's yeah. funny because in the beginning, he was still going to the office during the day because um, he's an essential service okay. and he's just started working from home as of last week. So we mm-hmm. kind of had that nice break of, um, you know, going to the office at nine to five distance, which helps. Yeah. And then recently it's been doing everything together and he's so lovely because he's like, oh, we'll go to the supermarket together and we'll, you know, sit on the couch together. Even if I'm playing PlayStation and you're doing emails, like we'll just be in the same room doing that. Whether I'm being a bit more like, let's just, I'll be in there second room. <laughs> do you, um, what does he, what does he do for work that is deemed essential? Um, so he works at a commodity trading company, but ah. in like food and agriculture. So we all have to get our food. Basically. Right. So he probably works at somewhere like Graincore or something like that. Yeah. Glencore. Oh, he works at Glencore. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So that's, um, huge company. Absolutely massive. I don't think many Australians know about Glencore. Like Glencore is probably the biggest Australian owned, but non-Australian business that exists. Like it's all based in Switzerland. It's just a huge yep. one. I remember dealing with them for years. Um, actually, because of the work I do with Coinjar, occasionally we have to deal with them on some commodity stuff. But um, yeah, that's, that's so funny. What a small world. Yeah. 
Um, the head was in Rotterdam, so he also has a few like weird time differences with like phone conferences and Zooms and, you know, I'm trying to relax on the couch because I finished my work day and then he's speaking to Europe. So it's been an interesting time. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I put in our notes, um, the 30th, we spoke about that. Um, yep. I, I think um, I'm planning for mine at the moment. I've got some good ideas, so we won't, we won't go in too much into that. But uh, I was intrigued around um, – like I've been asking all guests around monumental moments. And I feel like, you know, like in the last episode, Dan Monheit, I asked him, do you compare this to world war two? And he's like, nah, because like I'm Jewish and you know, this is, this is nothing in comparison to that. So I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> is it like, do you feel like there's ever been a moment? The only thing I can compare this to is maybe nine 11, but I feel like it's sort of superseded that for me personally. In things that we remember, I think it'll be much more ingrained in us. Like I think that we were so young when those other big worldwide, you know, catastrophes and instances happened. Mm. So yeah, it's kind of cool to live through it and experience and be able to, you know, tell your kids this is what happened during coronavirus and yeah. we had to stay inside and people wearing face masks all the time and hoarding <laughs> the supermarkets. And yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting thing to live through. Um, it doesn't feel as catastrophic yet, um, and I hope it doesn't get to that level here. Mm. So I think we're so lucky. I think we're mm. so lucky. I think we've really dodged a bullet here. Um, yeah, absolutely. for all the for all the shit the government's been given in the last couple of weeks, I feel like uh, we we're just so lucky that we live on an island. I always think that every time <laughs> I fly, I fly back and I land from being overseas. But now I've really come to appreciate it. Um, yeah, and it's, it's got me thinking like what you said, because see, I used to have a really strong relationship with my grandmother and, uh, she would always talk about like the great depression and sort of the war years and how you could see sort of how that would affect her behaviors. Like she would always reuse tea bags and you were just, you were saying before to me off air around how influencers are now talking about how to cook things that they have in pantry and the fridge and stuff like yeah. that and it had me thinking like what are the things that are going to stay with us as a generation forever and what will slingshot back immediately do you think yeah isn't that interesting I know that my grandmother told me that she used to like measure out an exact cup of tea amount of water and only boil that amount to save power because I couldn't afford to boil the whole kettle and then it go cold and do it again wow. um yeah I, I think that people are just really relishing time at home and what does that mean and what's important to all of us. And it's, you know, the people around us, it's our health, um, it's our vocation, like what are our passions during this time and how do we achieve that indoors? And I think that's really reflected in social media because people are, you know, posting that they're painting more or they're cooking or they're reading and, yeah. you know, how are they engaging with others through those activities? Yeah, I like that one. I, I also think like maybe there's gonna be there's gonna be something around food there as well. Like I, it's been interesting to see how many. I feel like I saw Tully posting about um, Charlie Carrington, who we've we've had on, and how Atlas have gone to like um, these menus where you can cook at home. Like surely that stays as an like as an online option for high end restaurants. Like all these little things that sort of stay with us. I hope so. But at the same time, their, you know, P&L 
we don't make as much money if we're not in that restaurant paying five times as much for a bottle of wine. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Also is like, um, what, how, this is what Dan said to me. How long do you think it'll be until we go back to like shaking hands and giving each other a kiss hello and stuff like that? Yeah, isn't that so weird? I find it so bizarre when you greet people now. Not that we really do that anyway, but you kind of give everyone like the elbow. It's You're fucking, like, I can't even, can't even hug my mom. It's so strange. I like, because my family, obviously being a European family, very huggy and kissy. It's, um, <laughs> I, it's just, um, it's weird. I, I think yeah, it'll go back pretty not, quick. We're not too much like that in the day household. It's very <laughs> like... Don't show any emotion. Don't really hug me. Don't tell me that you love me anyway. So they're, they're loving this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly like my mum's side of the family. That sort of um, yeah. stoic uh, Aussie, Irish, English background. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, I had in our notes around discovering when this sort of stuff was kicking into gear. I think um, mm-hmm. just because Nick and I catch up regularly, I found out about coronavirus sort of on Reddit maybe late December. And then I started to notice in January, like there was little things, like there was a a run on toilet paper in Hong Kong and Singapore. I was like, what the fuck? And so I was was like to Lauren, like, okay, we should probably like get, because we have no tin food. So I was like, (laughs) maybe we should get some tin food. We should get some, you know, tomatoes, tuna, just a little bit more things in case like something like that happens for two weeks here. And we didn't get any toilet paper. And then I really started to notice like a sort of late Feb, early March when, you know, there was no toilet paper. I think it was that, everyone talks about that Friday. It must've been like three weeks ago when things, everything non-essential basically went to zero. Yeah. Um, When did you first start to take notice like in the way that your customers were speaking or the things that you were having to do? Yeah, it was interesting because we obviously had the bushfires, right, in January right, yeah. and early Feb, and that affected us um, a lot in business, mainly because it wasn't appropriate for influencers to be saying, here's my favourite moisturiser while the country is on fire. Um, so that was more about us holding back to be respectful and doing the right thing. And also so many brands gave their marketing budget to the charity to Celeste Barber and, you know, sports girl gave half a million dollars to help the bushfire relief, which is amazing, but that goes our marketing spend. Mm. So we kind of had that happen first and we're like, that's okay. We'll pick it back up afterwards. And it was an early, um, I'm going to say end of Feb. We noticed some of our fashion brands saying we can't get our stock. So they were like, our stock is in China. We can't get it there. It's stuck because the factories are shutting down. And so that was kind of the first for us, but it wasn't widespread at all. And it was more of like a slight slowdown of fashion, but not really impacting us. It was still like funny memes is what coronavirus was at that stage. Yeah, yeah. And I remember doing some speaking gigs for International Women's Day Um, and it being a question there and again, the same response. I was like, Oh, a few people have products stuck in China, so we can't speak to their fashion brands yet. And then there was that Friday where they canceled the Grand Prix. They canceled the Virgin Melbourne fashion festival. Um, they canceled all like the Disney movie premieres. We're about to do a massive campaign for the Mulan release. And that all happened on the one day. And I was like, Oh, okay, this is a really serious thing for us now. Wow. Damn. 
Yeah, that that was the Friday. I want to go back and find out that date because um, I, I, I oh, I'm going to find it because I remember I'd just been in Perth for a wedding, so I'd had a week off work where I was, you know, blissfully having a good time, and then we flew back and I arrived that Friday, and then everything fell to shit. Because dates are becoming really important. I'll give a very specific example to myself. I recently made an insurance claim because. Uh, I was meant to be going to a wedding in Bali in May and mm-hmm. I bought the insurance sort of like at the end of January when we were planning and buying flights and everything. And um, they're now claiming that it was a known world event as of January 25th. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, so, in China. Yeah, maybe in China. Yeah, totally. But not not here locally. And so there, there's going to be... Um, that's going to be interesting. The next 12 months around that sort of stuff, insurance, um, you know, whether you can get access to these PAYG grants or benefits, JobKeeper, all that sort of stuff. Like I, even yeah. yesterday, I was on the phone to the ATO um, because they stuffed up our VAS and like uh, the PAYG amount. And I'm like, fuck, I need to get this sorted because we need this, we need this JobKeeper thing. Uh, you know, yeah. so dates are going to become very, very important over the next few weeks. Um, I mean, I noticed in Feb, I think I was saying in our notes that, you know, we can survive working from home, but the thing that started changing was sales. And I feel like it was February. I was like doing a bunch of briefs and um, people were like really serious about the brief. And then after that Friday, it was, even on animation work. So animation doesn't require any humans to be, um, in person and then all of a sudden people just like well, we'll see you on the other side because money had just dried up to zero so how how has it been selling for you because that's sort of your bread and butter you're probably one of the best sellers we've had on the podcast and I can Thank imagine you. I could imagine it would be uh, strange yeah and it was that Friday was tough. We probably had about $50,000 of campaigns pulled in one day. Um, and that was just like the tip of the iceberg, really. And so that next week from us was trying to like hold in those clients and be like, it's okay, just stay put. Like if anything, we're going to see a spike of engagement and we're going to see people online more than ever and liking things and downloading podcasts more than they ever have, like just stay with us. Mm. But we had a whole lot of cancellations, um, which is, it makes sense as well. People don't want to be running campaigns when consumers are unemployed and can't shop. So, you know, and then all of retail folders and shopping centers, you know, are basically empty now and you're not meant to leave your house to go shopping down Chapel Street. So we had a whole lot of business pulled, um, probably about 80% down from what we had confirmed for April, May. Jesus. And so then we just tried to pivot and think, okay, well, if those collaborations aren't happening, what can we do? And that's where we got a bit creative and we put together a deck of like, okay, well, let's talk about isolation content. If that's, yeah, cooking at home, um, self-care with like beauty masks and how do you, you know, zen out and relax in a time of high stress. And yeah, we kind of just reached out to our brand partners and our friends in the industry and thought, well, how can we work together and how can we help each other so that you're still selling products and we're still getting work and we can make it through this. Um, Mm. And it took a couple of weeks. It was a hard time to sell. And I think the messaging from our end really went from like a, 
we know what we're doing, we're the top of our game, like here's how we can do it to like a very empathetic, let's work together, how can we help you message? Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of that um, in that moment, uh, I feel like Dan said this, it was like at that moment when everyone's like, fuck, like what is happening right now? I don't know what to do. And I've seen this, a lot of marketers talk about this this week. There's a, a recent podcast, like everyone knows Mumbrella, but, mm-hmm. um, and I read it every day, but there's a new podcast I started listening to that is, it's obviously a similar brand to Mumbrella, but it's MI3 and they do, mm-hmm. um, they had a really good podcast with um, Mim Haysom, who's the CMO at Sumcorp recently and she's talking about the fact that like marketing now in any recession like whether it's due to medical reasons or the economy or whatever if you can maintain your spend and your relevance in the market it's like winning 30 brownie points you know like 30 extra bonus points at that point in time because what's going to happen is you come out of this cycle which is going to be temporary that people can't see right now and you're still going to be relevant, but everyone else is going to have forgotten the presence of those other brands. I think that's the, and, and so the best brands at the moment, are the ones that are changing what they're doing, like um, some of these grants we're looking at, like, you know, we've got our new setup basically where we can do live stuff, but I feel like mm-hmm. if we can in the next month, get some more equipment, we'll be able to do like, we've got a few e-commerce retail brands and we'll be able to do their sort of their classic, not opening, but the showcase of this season, but we'll just get the founder behind a white screen sort of literally running through each handbag. So there's going to be things that people can do. It's just a matter of like using your brain to come and convincing someone to do it. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of nice because the bigger brands who aren't as reliant on the ROI from this activity, like they're not just reliant on spending money to make sales to cover that spend they're the ones who are kind of coming into like, let's build some positive brand message and how can we create content that feels like a nice warm hug during a crazy time. Mm. And so we're having cool conversations with those massive international brands of, well, let's just yeah build that really positive brand resonance in a time where people are online more. And then maybe when they have the government payout or they get their jobs again, they're the ones are going to shop with first. Mm. You know, I, I I spoke to you the other. Oh, I tried to call you the other day. I was interrupting your um your whip. What sort so of um, <laughs> no, it's fine. I I was intrigued. Like, what is <laughs> what does a whip look like now for you guys? What's the sort of stuff that you're discussing? It's a lot of Zoom calls with the team and with the talent as well. And I think we're just trying to like be creative all the time. Which mm. I know it sounds really straightforward, but especially in a sales role, it's almost like two sides of your brain, right? We have like the strategic sales money crunching side and we have the creativity side. So we're trying to lean more into that creative problem solving side of our brains right now. Um, And also I think leaning more on our relationships in the industry. So just having conversations with people who we've worked with for the last five years of being in business and the leads we're getting in are from people that know and trust us. So it's been a really good return on that um, rather than, yeah, having that, okay, pitch out to as many people as you can with this message. It's like, well, who do we already have a rapport with and what's already a warm lead that we can speak to? Mm. So, yeah, being, you know, empowering the team to lean on that more. So you're still, you still are getting leads at the moment? 
Yeah, we're still getting leads at the moment, which is great. And it's That's increasing. Amazing. There was a time maybe like two weeks ago where it was very quiet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that for me is harsh. I'm so not used to that. And it felt really foreign. Um, but now we're getting some really cool inquiries, either people who are business as usual um, and want to just maintain that messaging or people who want to do like COVID-19 specific campaigns. Yeah. That's interesting because I, I did notice that like two, maybe three weeks ago, we were running, we normally run a bunch of Google ads for different services where it's web or video or whatever. And, you know, you might spend a grand in a week and you might get um, 10, 20 leads that come through. But for whatever, like it was zero. There was nothing coming through. Um, and so we, we did some rework on like the landing pages, particularly around stuff like stre- uh, streaming and animation. We actually split them out into separate things. And now we're about to launch that. But I expect based on what our own customers are saying, that the mood has changed. And like you said, like we said in the past, people are realizing that they have to do something. Otherwise yeah. you just sort of become irrelevant. Um, totally. And I think that people like what we're seeing is the people that are struggling the most don't have that digital aspect to their business. Um, whether we can really lean on the stats and the reports right now is that people are online 76% more than they used to be because they're stuck at home. Mm. And they're you know, engaging with content and look at, listening to podcasts more than ever. So we put together a deck with Shameless, for example, showing this massive spike in downloads and the people are leaning on these sources and influences they trust because they want to turn to them during this time. So, yeah, we're still getting some great leads in. And it's funny because the ones that I love are those that don't want to always talk about COVID-19 in the marketing copy. Like we had a phone call from Coles last week who were like, okay, let's just do hot cross buns. Like let's do something nice. We'll acknowledge that Easter isn't going to be the same this year, but everyone loves hot cross buns. Let's just yes. talk about that. I like that. That's really yeah. good. I, uh, it's funny you mentioned that in particular. It reminds me of um, like the cafe down the road. It's my favorite place for meeting clients, um, mm-hmm. staff, whatever it may be. And um, they, they've done that pretty well as well. Just like, you know, they've said, look, we know this is happening, but here we've got for your Easter, like nothing's going to be open on the weekend. So we've already like pre-ordered some lasagna, um, some, panet- <laughs> some panettone. They're also selling, um, they're selling Easter um, eggs and um, hot cross buns through something baker. They're, you know, they're collaborating with other brands, which is good to see. And yeah. so I think... Um, that sort of stuff is what I want to say. I, I'm pretty sick of like, I'm deep on this coronavirus stats and data stuff. And I got to yeah. say, just watching YouTube at night or anything like that, I'm, I, I like seeing something that isn't related to it. So it, yeah. I think something I mean, to that. It's swung that way now. It was, everyone wants to talk about it all the time. And now it's swung the other way of like, we all know it's happening. We're all following the government guidelines and the rules. Let's just have a distraction and some positive messaging. And that's what these influencers are meant to be doing. They're just, you know, in the best way, it's fluff. And it can be meaningful fluff, but it's still positive. And yeah, I think we're finding that's why people are engaging so much more. Um, I was chatting to Tala the other day. Um, She didn't seem too happy that I was digging and asking questions, but I know that um, <laughs> she, like a lot of influencers, are probably frustrated at the moment. Um, 
particularly the more extroverted ones. I know as the sort of fairy godmother of influencers, as I called it, how's, yep. how is the stable of talent going? Uh, what, what's sort of been the highs and lows in the last month? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough for all of us. Um, like I mentioned, a whole lot of campaigns got cancelled and pulled. Um, we work with a lot of shopping centres and events and so all those ones were you know, a no-brainer that got cancelled. And then we had like a drip feed of other confirmed work, even with signed contracts that got pulled as well. So, I mean, I think they're all being really great sports about it. They understand there's a pandemic on and it's not usual. It's not business as usual in that sense. And they're all willing to either discount their rates a little bit or just create some more innovative content to get that cut through. And whether that means they're turning to TikTok more and they're producing new content on a new platform yeah. um so they're, yeah they're being really great about it and i think that's all you can really do is stay positive and stay agile and the leads that are coming into us it's really interesting because we get to look at it and analyze okay well who are you going for and why are you booking this person during this crazy time is it because of their personality because of they're speaking about covid19 or because they're not speaking about it at all um and that gives us some really cool data as well it's funny you mentioned TikTok. Uh, TikTok has been, I tell you what, there's a few businesses that have done well from this. TikTok is one of them. Zoom, yeah. would, Zoom would be up there for sure. 100%. Um, but yeah, TikTok is very interesting. Every, all of a sudden, everyone's a pro. I think I see more stories now on Instagram sharing TikToks than actual Instagram stories. <laughs> totally. And it's, it's hard because it keeps me, I, I'm not the demographic because I'm too old, obviously, but it keeps me off TikTok a little bit because I can just see it on Instagram. Mm. But I'm so close to starting a TikTok account and doing the dance challenges. Like that's what isolation is going to bring out in me. Well, there's something interesting for you there because um, there is a competitor to TikTok, which came out probably two months. Yeah, Byte, B-Y-T-E. I don't know if you'd heard of it, but um it was created by the guys who made Vine. So yeah, okay. that's been interesting. I've been looking at that. Um, that has been big for Byte, like in terms of the amount of volume of stuff going on there. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are repurposing TikTok stuff and, and just using it on that platform. But um, it'll be interesting to see which one comes out. I feel like TikTok has the ultimate gain at the moment. I don't even know yeah. how many people are on TikTok. I feel like it's close to a billion now. I um, think it is. And we're getting a lot of inquiries about TikTok and they, the brands want to show that they're cool enough to be on TikTok as well. And I think that's really interesting. So it's less about let's sell this dress or this pair of shoes. It's like, well, we want to show that, you know, you're wearing our outfit, doing your dance challenge and we're cool enough to be on TikTok. Um, new ways of working is interesting. I feel like we, we've really just accelerated what was happening in the last decade. Um, I was listening to this podcast with Russell Howcroft and he was saying that, um, you know, workplaces are really becoming like, or will become like clubhouses. You know, you might have a bar there, you might have meeting rooms, people come in and out. Do you think there'll be something that you will change about your office forever? That's very advertising of him to say that as well. I know, right? (laughs) With like the ping pong table and the bean bag. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I mean, I, I miss working in the office with the girls. I really, I miss that collaboration and bouncing ideas around. We're on Google Hangouts 
every second always chatting ideas and we've got group chats and then subsections of that as well. Um, I don't know. I think for us, communication is so important um, and all being across what every single talent is doing, whether that be working with one brand so you can't work with the competitor or just being across their personal preference. So if a lead comes in, just knowing, all right, well, would Flex talk about this um, or would she not? And so I think I'm struggling with that a little bit because I love that open communication. You can just shout it across the room in our open plan office. But yeah, so I think personally I'd love to go back to the office and have that collaboration, but it has obviously shown that as a business, you don't have to be there to get the job done. Yeah, but I understand what you're saying because a team your size, it's still not as disruptive. Let's say there's three to seven staff type businesses. Most people are like doing the same role. So to be able to have that open plan office and throw things around makes a lot of sense. But when you start getting to... 2030 i feel like people are you know particularly if you you know that thing with russell was very advertising because you've got creators and you've got managers 100 yeah. so, um now planning and strategy for q3 or let, let's call it whenever this thing is is over um mm-hmm. we've been focused on a lot of that stuff what what's your mindset around planning I mean, I was never a big planner anyway before this. And then this has just shown me that like, you know, when you make plans, God laughs and just disrupts everything, what the saying is. Um, I think, yeah, it's so important for us just to be agile and move with the market. So I'm not doing too much planning, to be honest. We had a few plans of expanding and diversifying our offering, um, diversifying our talent a little bit, offering some more just so we can meet all market needs but we need to see what's going to happen with all of this. So I think all of our big goals for the year have all been pushed back and we just need to kind of sit in that and be okay with it. And then we'll pick it back up when it's available again. Right. Okay. So you really just focus on getting money in the door and, and ensuring that things stabilize over the next few months. Sounds Definitely. Like. And I think as well, like when the money is coming in and when the leads are coming in as well, not just us pitching it, but people coming to us with campaigns, it's like using that data to analyze the business and saying, okay, well, what is our strongest offering in an almost recession? Like what are people turning to us for and spending their very little marketing budgets on? Is it with us? And if it is with us, why and who are they choosing? Or if it's not with us, how can we pivot to get that spend. Right. So it's like using this time to really analyze what, what are we doing well? What could we diversify and improve upon? So when we're out of it, we can just be stronger than ever. What do you think will happen to talent agencies during all this? Like there's been a big clean out in media, whether it's media production. I've already noticed a few competitors of ours are basically, they're not in receivership. They're not in administration, but they have completely shut down. And I would put that down to the fact that they mainly just focus on, say, video or just podcasting, as an example. Yeah. Do you, do you, have you seen much of that in your industry at all? I haven't seen it publicly. I think it's interesting because we, there's no entry barrier to what we do, really. Anyone could like DM an influencer and say, can I be a manager? And they could start doing it which is great. That's kind of how I started five years ago. Um, But it does mean that, you know, competitors can come up quickly if they want to. 
So I think it'd be interesting now of like, what does that mean for those people that don't have that established talent base, that established client base like we do. So I feel very lucky that we've been in the industry for long enough that, yeah, we have those relationships with the PRs and the advertising people and the brand managers that they trust us and they know us. And it will be really hard if you just opened your doors a year ago or three months ago. Yeah. There, when I think about it though, there's not too many businesses like yours in the industry. The only other I could think of is, is it zoos? zoos? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the only yeah. other real influencer talent agency that exists. I mean, there are definitely a few others, but I think the beauty of it is we all kind of have our own lane and that really works well for all of us because, you know, either you do like a socialite um, or you do like more Instagram models. Um, We try and focus on like role models and, you know, people of influence is our little spin on it. Or, you know, there's the IMGs that do mainly celebrities. So I think the beauty of that is we all kind of have our own lane to thrive in. And I think that, my main competitors who have been in the industry together for a really long time, we're all still surviving so far. Mm. But yeah, those up and comers who would have thought, oh, I can give that a go. That seems pretty easy. It'd be a tough time for them. I like, I like the angle that you've got. I've never thought about it like that or thought about it deeply enough like that. People of influence. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you always want someone that is known to something more than just the Instagram page. And that's kind mm. of, my spin on the whole thing. You want someone with a personality and a presence and an opinion. And if you look at, you know, Tully, Sarah Davidson, Shameless, Flex, like they're people that really have something to say and they add to the space. They don't just post about themselves. Mm. PPOP, personality, opinion. What was the other one? Oh, presence. Presence. Yeah. That's it. yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, okay. So, we're thinking about post-coronavirus. Coronavirus! Um, <laughs> My what, favourite TikTok. What, what do you want at the end of all this? I mean, I want all my big contracts back. That's what I would love. I want them all to come back and book it again and triple it. Um, yeah, I mean, surviving right now is great. I would also love to come out of it and really be known for how we acted and behave during it and you know that innovation shining through in the fact that we thrived that would be an amazing way to look at us in the market Mm. so I think I'd love to be able to then pick up those big collabs that got put on pause and we had some amazing like brand co-design and tv things happening that have all been put on the back burner and some books and some exciting projects so I think yeah if we can come back to all those that'd be amazing and then still have built this incredible rapport with brands during coronavirus. Like imagine what we can do in a normal economy. Mm. What, what, what's sort of the most annoying question that you're being asked by brands at the moment? Um, how low can you go? <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> oh, can you do it for free? Or oh, I only have $200 and can you do this for that? <sighs> Which I totally get it. It's tough. It's tough for everyone. Yeah, but... F- you can't do free. The moment no. you become free, uh, it's all over. And it breaks my heart a little bit. That's why sometimes I'm bad at business, I think, because I have too much empathy. I'm like, oh, but you're just a small business owner. Like, you poor thing. And I'm like, wait, so am I. I've got bills as well. Like, hang on a second. 
<laughs> yeah, that that does that does sound like that. You, you're being a bit too nice. Um, yeah. All right. I want to jump into some rapid fire questions that we're asking all of our guests. Sure. Um, what is your morning and your evening look like at the moment? Oh, so I'm still learning a bit of routine. So it's not that impressive. I wish I could say that I was exercising and getting my YouTube tutorials in. Um, at the moment, I'm just getting up and going to my local cafe to get a takeaway coffee and try and support them still. Um, also gives me some out, outside energy and oxygen. <laughs> and then at nighttime, I've been watching a lot of Netflix. So that's been kind of soothing. What, um, if you had to recommend something you've watched in the last fortnight on Netflix, what would it be? Well, obviously Tiger King. I hope everyone's watched Tiger King. Yeah. But also on the other end of the spectrum to that, Unorthodox is incredible. Ah, yeah. So this is that. So that's more of like a serious that, drama. Yeah, that's that movie about the lady who sort of escapes from um, the Hasidic Jewish community. Yeah. In, is it New York or Brooklyn? Yeah, in um, Williamsburg. Williamsburg, yeah. It's, so, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's a very interesting area. I've got, I've got a lot of f- friends who've been part of that community and have sort of left it. And I've seen docos really? on it and it's, it's full on. Um, it's something because um, on like even, you know, Tiger King, I watch something as like fluffy and silly as that and I'll do research for like hours on like the New York Times articles about it and The Guardian so with this especially, I've been like deep diving into all the background information. So I kind of love that distraction as well. Um, if you were to look at your fridge at home, what's, what's in the fridge? Well, we just did a really big dynamic order. So it's kind of like healthy food, but all pre-made. So I, I can't cook. And also our oven broke last week. So that's a really good time. <laughs> So we actually can't even use the oven. So I've been making a lot of like scrambled eggs and toast. And then we have like the delivered healthy curries and everything in the fridge. <laughs> do, you, do you like to cook? Oh, I'm kind of indifferent. I don't know. I'm not, I don't get carried away with cooking. I find it a bit of an inconvenience. Yeah. I like to yeah. eat. I think Lauren's in the same boat. Um, I gave her Diane on week was like the, one of the first ladies I used to love cooking and I did like a, a class with her and she's based in Armadale and she does like um, French cooking classes, but you do it as like a group and you sit down and you have the meal together. Quite nice. So I was thinking like, fuck, that's, that's the perfect gift for you for your next birthday. But if you don't like cooking, maybe, maybe. Oh well, yeah, exactly. I'll just um, eat it instead. <laughs> okay. Um, Last question for you. What's been the best purchase under 200 bucks that sort of kept you entertained during this whole period? Okay. This is an easy one. So I bought the Sims 4. It was like $15. It's honestly, like I loved the Sims as a kid. I don't know if I come across as like a gamer, but um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of the Sims 4. And it's funny because for Pat's 30th, I gave him a PlayStation. So he's been on like FIFA on the couch and I've been on the Sims on my laptop in the next room. I'm like, wow, this is really, really lame. So Lauren is obsessed with the Sims. Like she grew up, uh, so did I, but she is truly obsessed. Like she knows the language of the Sims. 
Oh my god! Like random words. So, and she keeps getting serviced these ads where it's like seventy five percent off The Sims. Yeah. So, um, I feel like she's gonna re- watch this after our, our producer's gone through it and have like, okay, this has got to be the clip that we've got to use, or like, I'm gonna yeah. buy this straight off. It's so much fun and it's literally like it just numbs your brain because you can't really be on your phone at the same time. Whether if you're watching TV, you can kind of be scrolling and emailing. Whether you have to just like be staring at your laptop and just zone out. And, yeah, it's beautiful in that sense. That's good. I like that. That's a good idea. Um, Well, look, Jen, thanks for doing this. This is a, a special series we're doing, just touching base on what everyone's got going on in their lives. Um where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, I mean, we're always posting on Instagram at Day Management, or you can follow me personally at Genevieve underscore Day. Um, I'll try and post some more. My content's been pretty limited, but definitely on Day Management, we're posting some highlights of what our talent are doing during isolation. Beautiful. Well, Jen, thanks uh, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening in to this episode. If you like it, do leave us a written review on your podcast app as it helps us continue going on a weekly basis and we do love reading those reviews as well. Uh, If you want the show notes, you can find that below or with our previous guest at neural.com slash podcast. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com slash podcast. To watch the full video, search Uncommon Show on YouTube and to keep up to date with behind the scenes and clips for the show, you can find us at uncommon underscore show on Instagram. But until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening.